everyone, I'm Christine and this is Uni Life with Canvas Nottingham. If you're new here, Uni Life is a podcast for the students of Nottingham. We hope to join you as you navigate this season. We want this podcast to be valuable, authentic, fun, and a space where we figure out life and faith together. This week, I am joined by my friend Lindsay Heslop. Hey, Linz. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. For sure. Uh, so Linz is based in Colorado, which is super fun. And tell us a little bit about how you're connected to Canvas, how, you, how we know each other, all that good stuff. Yeah, so gosh, I think it was two years ago, 2018 was the first year. So um, the church I was attending, I was working um, with high school students and we got to take a trip out to Nottingham to visit the Canvas team, um, mostly to kind of check out, okay, what does ministry look like? you know, in, in another place? And what does it look like, especially for college students? And having worked with high schoolers at the time, we were trying to explore this partnership or what would it look like if we had students that were interested in studying abroad or, or joining your team? And um, pretty immediately, it just felt like you guys were friends that we had had for forever that we just hadn't met yet. And so that first year was so fun. We got to um, see 7-Eleven, maybe you call it something different now. Um, and then we hung out over at, um, what's the event you guys do over at the pub across the street? The Navy Club? Yeah, we did. There was like an event over there we got to see. And we got to just hang out at the house and meet a bunch of students and kind of just be a part of your world for a week, which was, it was incredible. It was so fun. Um, and we enjoyed it so much that we came back again the next year. So then um, again in, in 2019, we we got to go. And it, that part was so cool, having been back a year later and getting to see the same students again, but to hear how their life was different, um, just to see how you guys have grown and what you were up to. So yeah, I feel like you're just friends that have become really dear to us that we just have known for forever and only found out two years ago. <laughs> I totally relate. I I remember those first few days together and just like instant connection and friendship amongst our two teams. And um, I echo what you said about getting to come back the second year. You know, it's rare that people come to visit in general from the state side, but getting to come back two years in a row and like you said, continue to build on that relationship was huge. And we missed it so much this year, truly. I mean, it already wasn't in the, in the plan to go back. And then obviously with, with COVID that would have, wouldn't have happened anyway, but um, Cole and I, my husband, we got to go together. And so it was around December timeframe and we were just feeling like a piece of our rhythm or something was missing that we didn't get to come see you guys. And so we miss you. Same. If we can make it happen again in the future, I am all for it. Yes, I would love that. So fast forward to now, um, wh what you're up to now, I feel like we've kind of continued to build on this like connection and friendship and ministry and all of those things. So where are you at now and what does that connection to Canvas look like? 
Yeah. So I am at a new church now. So a team of us, there's three of us decided to, um, this fall or last fall, I guess, now that we're in 2021, um, plant, plant a new church, this kind of dream that we had for, for something different. And so we, that has launched and it is off the ground. It is going, which has just been wild and, and good and really beautiful. And, um, we were then talking as a team. So one of the other teammates um, has also been to Canvas and knows you guys well and, and loved his time there too. And so we had just been talking about, you know, what do we want to be a part of the start of this thing and what's important to us and what do we believe in? And it just happened really naturally that we were kind of both thinking the same thing, um, just waiting for the other person to say it, which was like we, we love Canvas and we want to continue to support what they're doing. We believe in, we felt the sense of belonging that they create for students. And we want to be a small part of that. And we want to continue to just encourage you guys and, and do what we can to, to stay connected and, and interested in just what you're up to. So that's been kind of fun now too, to get to say, we get to keep going. Like it doesn't have to stop. Um, and I'm excited, you know, just to see where that goes. But yeah, so I, I work at a church. I get to lead and I get to preach and um, it's kind of our life. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It has been so fun um, to get to see a small glimpse of this new chapter that you have entered into. And I'm so pumped about all of us getting to partner together. Um, for those of you who don't know, much about kind of the behind the scenes of Canvas. It's a charity that is funded by a lot of individuals and churches and different people around the world. And so uh, Lindsay is a perfect representation of somebody who actually does both of those things as a personal partner with Canvas and then also represents a church that has decided to partner. And so that's why Canvas exists is because it's a behind the scenes, large group of people who have decided to team up um, to try to create this thing that we all believe in. And so I'm so glad that we get to spend time together today and that our students get to hear a little bit more about you and get to know you a little bit more. Me too. So... It was interesting how this all came about, this episode. We had already decided to talk on the topic of hope this week. And then turns out Lindsay had recently also given a talk on the topic of hope. And it just perfectly worked out to where it was like, we should just go ahead and like continue the conversation, basically. <laughs> um, and so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about hope. Um, this has been still is a year like no other. And I think probably for a lot of us, you know, we're asking questions like, what is life all about? Like, what is my hope in? Like, what does the future hold? Like all of those big life questions, I feel like bubble to the surface more in seasons that are challenging. Um, and so, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Just chat about it. And I'm excited for you guys to be a part of our conversation. So this word hope, I feel like is found so many places. Like we see it, it's 
like many words, gets used in so many different ways. And so I think it would be helpful just to talk about kind of like from your perspective, where you see it used, how is it used, what are the different meanings, those kinds of things. Yeah, I think, well, it really kind of caught my attention because we just came out of of this Christmas season, you know, and it feels like it felt like at that time there was all of this conversation about hope that, um, yeah, that we're, we say we're, we hope. And I think especially in this season of COVID people are hoping for when things get better. So it's this, it's this anticipation that something is going to be different, but then we, again, like you said, use that in a ton of different ways. So I would even just hear in my conversations, you know, well, I, I hope that we can go back to school in person, or I hope um, that my friend's family gets better. I, I hope, and it's basically we're, we're hoping a lot of the times for circumstances to change, for something to be different in the future. Um, and I think especially um, here in America, in the political season that we've been in, I think people have put a ton, I'm seeing this word a lot too, in, in a new candidate that people feel like they have renewed hope that there's different hope. And so it's been just kind of interesting to watch this word come in and out of my life and to see it surface in different arenas and spheres and places. And um, just realize too, kind of how maybe flippantly we use it. And I think it can be challenging in the same way where so really what kind of got my mind turning about this hope thing is I had recently read this book um, by this author who I love. Her name's Austin Channing Brown. So I told, I can't take credit for all of this. It's like, <laughs> it's her inspiration for sure. But she was just talking about how hope has been like crushed over and over. And I just resonated with that so much. I think especially this year feeling like I want to hope for things to get better because I don't want to live in just total despair and darkness. And I, it's not in my personality to give up. Um, and so I was like, I want to hope for things, but then as soon as I do, I work my hopes up. It feels like they just get crushed or they just get stomped on. And I think that cycle is really exhausting too. And, and that has happened for me in a couple different ways last year. It felt like I, I would, I was hoping you know, things would be different at the job I worked at, at the, this organization. I was hoping that the world would be different with COVID. Um, I was hoping that relationships would be different. They were challenging in this season of there's a lot of divide and hostility just within our country, my country right now. And so it felt challenging to want to hope for things to get better. And I found myself almost protecting myself by not hoping too much. Like it felt like a, a defense mechanism to to try to be more of a realist, I guess. But then I was like, gosh, do I really want to live that way with no, yeah, no dream that things could be different? Yeah, I definitely relate to that. I think probably everyone listening can relate to some degree of hoping something would happen or something would change or a person would change or we would change or literally so many circumstances um, having that expectation that builds for something to come and then that thing never comes. And yeah, we're left with 
I think like you said, despair or for other situations, I think sometimes disappointment of that unmet expectation. Um, So what do you, what do you think we, we do with that? Like getting to those moments when we are faced with the, the letdown of an unmet expectation, where do you think that we as people go from there? Yeah. Well, I think it's a helpful exercise or just reflection to when I am disappointed or feeling let down to get curious about that and to ask, what was it that I was really hoping would change? Um, And what exactly was it that I was putting my hope in? And not was that fair, but is that serving me? Is that moving me towards the kind of life or person or relationship I really want to be in or that I'm, I'm desiring? So I think, you know, whether it's with a friendship or something, if I feel let down, I'm like hoping this person would change. I think it's helpful to go, oh, I was putting my hope in this thing that I have no control over. And, um, and is that really where my, my hope should be resting? Is that, is it unfair to be hoping something of someone that maybe they're, I don't know, not capable of, or I'm putting so much expectation on this person that is a lot to carry. Um, and I think we do this to ourselves too. So I think in a lot of situations I've been able to now reflect and go, why am I feeling so disappointed by this? And it's something where I go, oh, I was putting a ton of hope in myself that like, if I just, you know, worked hard enough or said the right thing or did the perfect equation of things that I had the power to somehow change the situation, that it was within my control. Um, And I think sometimes that one stings even more (laughs) because I was operating under this illusion that, you know, it was just up to me. And so why can't I just change this? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is really hard because there's no, in those moments when we realize we have let ourselves down or haven't fulfilled that hopeful expectation, like there's nowhere to turn. There's no one to point the finger at or put the blame on. Like sitting in that is uncomfortable for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think we do it, we put, And it's tricky because, of course, hoping in somebody changing or hoping in, I don't know, hoping in that, you know, my my organization, you know, looks different or grows, hoping for growth and hoping for movement forward, um, hoping that people treat me differently. Like that is a good, that's a good thing. Like that's a good thing to want. Um. And so it's tricky to feel like, okay, so then is, is this not a good thing to want? Um, and so it can feel very confusing. Like, well, if I can't put my hope in this person or in this system or in this, even in myself, then like, what am I, where does it go? Or what should I hope in? Or are you telling me then that I just shouldn't wish for things like growth and <laughs> I don't know, these good things that we want out of life. Yeah, 
I think while you were talking, it made me think maybe there are two different things. Like maybe there's nothing wrong in hoping for certain things, certain circumstances, good, more good to come about, you know, in life. And maybe on the other hand, there's a difference in what we're putting our hope in potentially. For sure. I think there's definitely something in that. I think sometimes too, hope can almost take, take on these different shapes. So I think right now in America, we're facing this kind of moment where we're being asked, you know, what do we want out of the future? How do we want to move forward? And I think in wanting to be optimistic, in in wanting good to come, we sort of use hope as this um, trite way of just going like, well, let's just not acknowledge then what happened. Let's just move on. Let's just hope for for something else. Um, and I think maybe anyone who's experienced, I don't know, heartbreak or has been wronged or hurt feels like, how can you tell me to just hope for something else? It feels like you're asking me to, by hoping, you're telling me to just ignore what's happened or to just brush it under the rug or not acknowledge it. Um, and I think that that can be really painful. So I think in in being well-intentioned, we want to, to tell people to hope or to encourage people to, like you said, want good things. Um, but then... You know, hope also comes with an acknowledgement of where we are and where we've been. Um, and I don't think we can let go of that piece if we want to get to a really true understanding of, of what it means to hope. And it, it comes with the acknowledgement of exactly where I am and how I got here. I agree. I think like what you said earlier about having unmet hopes and taking a moment to pause and reflect and take account of like, what was I hoping in? How am I feeling about that? What am I going to do differently? Or what am I going to hope in the next time? Or would I do that again if I had the opportunity? I think pausing and asking those self-reflective questions is the catalyst for what's going to allow us to grow in changing the things that we're hoping for and potentially hoping in as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also difficult to, I think it's a tension to manage, which is, I think sometimes too hope gets, I don't know, we get, if we are hopeful people or we want to hope for something different, we almost um, get painted as like, that's a really childish or silly thing to want. I think, at least what I've run into a bunch and what I've had to even kind of fight against within myself is becoming callous. Like I was kind of talking about before, like why (laughs) that would be such a silly, unrealistic thing to do is to hope that things would get better when life has just taught you so many times to, to not work your hopes up because they're going to get, you know, run over. And so, or, you know, I think we go, I'm, I'm hoping for this thing that feels really far away and it's almost painted. Yeah. As if that, that would be so reckless or silly, or, or you're just irresponsible or irrational to think so big and so far ahead. And, um, I don't know, it's kind of, it's sad to go, oh gosh, hope has also been twisted up into this thing where it's like, well, you're kind of unreasonable 
if you hope for these big things, because, and again, in that protection, I think we get calloused going, you know, people who hope and dream for these big lofty, different things like, oh, you're silly, or that's almost childish to think, you know, to believe in something like that. Yeah. And I think the natural response to that is to become cynical, to like let go of hoping and just almost create this new normal of like, I'm just going to assume low bar, low expectations. Of course, it's going to be the same way as it's always been. Nothing is ever going to change, you know, and it's almost like swinging the other direction in those situations. Totally. What has been a time or experience where you have hoped in something and it didn't come to fruition and you did have that moment of like reflecting and maybe changing the way you thought about the world or life and pivoting to a different direction? Yeah. Um, so it was just within the last year, I would say, and it was around this choice I was making of staying at my job or pursuing something else. And for a really long time, I was hoping that things would be different at the the place that I worked and that I would maybe be given more opportunity or or just value or a chance to, to be at the table and to have certain conversations. And it was really interesting because I would experience these moments of momentum, of moving forward and feeling like, wow, I think we're getting somewhere or something is shifting and people are considering new things and it's opening up new opportunities. And that felt really hopeful. And so I would kind of ride this high. I would come up, you know, up to the top of this roller coaster and feel like we're making progress and this is good. And then things would happen that would cause me to to come crashing down. And it was confusing and it was disorienting to, to go, things are changing. I feel like I'm, the things I'm really passionate about are being recognized and validated. And this feels really good. And then it was this emotional whiplash to then, experience that we, we this would come to an abrupt stop or it was really short-lived. And so I was doing this yo-yo for, uh, for months. And it was actually in talking to my counselor that I was like, you know, asking that question of myself, like at what point maybe am I just delusional? Or at what point is this an unfair expectation of, of other people? And I kind of kept landing in this place that it's taken me some reflection to see that I was truly believing that if I just did the right thing, like if I could just, I don't know, you know, say the right thing or present this information in the right way or whatever, I was really feeling like I can do it. I just haven't cracked the code yet, but it's up to me. And if I do, then we're off to the races. Um, And it was just this struggle of how do I keep hoping? Because I'm a person of faith. And so my whole 
belief system is, is predicated on the fact that things can change. And so I'm like, what does it mean for me if I stop believing that something can be different or change? It felt really kind of threatening to this whole belief system I have come to, to lead my life on. And so I was just like, what do I do with that? What do I do? Because I don't feel like I can keep riding this roller coaster uh, of working my hopes up to see them, you know, crushed. And it just felt like I was getting worn out by that, that process. Yeah. One thing that stood out to me as you're telling that is it sounds like there came a point in time through navigating, trying to do everything you could to be the change, to achieve the hopeful thing that you wanted to see happen, while also having, on the other hand, you know, this belief that things can change. And so I think, what was it like for you to come to the realization that maybe in this instance, you personally weren't going to be the change, but then what did that do to like your predicated belief that like change can happen? Did you still believe change could happen and it wasn't going to come from you or did that alter this foundation of faith that you had? For me, I think what happened was I it was really freeing. And I think it could have gone, you know, one of two ways, which is it could have been really freeing or it could have been really devastating to my pride. And it just felt freeing to kind of go, maybe this isn't, you know, like my fight anymore. Maybe this isn't, you know, my, my battle. And it's interesting that you asked that because I absolutely still believe things can change. I think it was this shifting of the change is not going to come from me. It's not going to come from these other people. It's not something um, that I can manipulate and control and force. Um, this has to be, this has to be outside of us. And and that was so freeing to feel like, oh my gosh, I don't have to be the one responsible for this. I have never been. I just was, you know, under this illusion that I was and it was exhausting me. And so getting to this place where I could go, I absolutely still think things can change here. Um, and it just doesn't have to be me. It was really, yeah, releasing. That's awesome. I do think that in those moments, which I can totally relate to when it seems like make or break, it's all down to me and like what I'm coming with or what I'm contributing or how I'm showing up. It inevitably always seems to end in disappointment because like at the end of the day, like I'm going to drop the ball eventually. It may not be today. It may not be two years from now, but eventually I'm going to mess up. And at that point in time, I would experience real devastation, I think, in having to confront it at that moment after such a buildup. And so will you talk a little bit more about the role that faith has played in this idea of hope for you personally? Yeah. 
So I think I love sort of this definition of, of hope that I've come to recently, which is hope is this, it's having a sense of confidence. So it's this assurance, the sense of confidence that God is continuing to author a story. And I just love the way that that has framed hope for me and these different moments of, of letdown or disappointment or heartbreak, because it lets me know that the moment I'm in right now of despair, of disappointment, I think it's okay to acknowledge those things, but that moment is not the end, but it's actually, it's a middle of sorts that there is this story kind of being written. I would say, you know, my life is that story. So the story is being written and I'm not at the end of it. And hope is knowing that even though I can't necessarily define it or describe it or predict it or know exactly what it's going to look like, I know that this isn't the end, that this gets woven into something that moves me into the future. And that that does kind of, that brings me hope. It breathes life into this these moments that can feel pretty hopeless and dark. Definitely. Yeah. I think having a changed perspective in the, the now because of the anticipation of what's to come relieves a lot of the pressure in the moment by moment, like we were talking about earlier, have I showed up in a certain way Am I doing the thing the way it needs to be done? Am I missing the mark? Am I getting it just right? Um, I think there is um, like a companionship, I think, too, in like, I feel like God journeying with me through those disappointments, through those challenges, through the thing not getting better for a long period of time and realizing that not only is right now different because of my faith in Jesus, but also there is this anticipation of it's not going to get wasted in some way either. Like it's not just a big L for today, but somehow, like you said, hard to explain, right? But somehow it's going to be good in some way as well. Yeah. I think that piece about not only is this moment the end, but that God doesn't waste my pain or my suffering or my sadness. Like none of that um, is like void to him. But that, like you said, that somehow gets woven and and turned into something that we eventually come to say is is good, not just okay, but but good. Um, and I think that's been really comforting in those moments is to know this isn't wasted mm-hmm. that it get turned in into something else. Yeah, it makes me think of. Um, I think a lot of times it's easy to assume that hope is like the first step in the process. It's like, okay, I'm going to build it up. 
I'm going to feel hopeful and then we're going to hope for a good result or whatever it's going to be. Um, whereas like, I think one difference in the kind of hope that's talked about, like in the Bible is it's kind of like the end. It's like what's refined in the process of life through the perseverance, through the suffering, through the trials of life. That is what is like building this hope in us. Um, this past week when Miles and I were talking about it, um, my teammate, he used the analogy of like the person that spends the 10,000 hours to like perfect a skill, you know, to become the best basketball player or, you know, whatever that hope it similarly is built like that. Like it takes time and repetition and messing up and getting back up and trying it again. And like the continuation in the journey, I think is what lays a, a strong dependable foundation of hope in the Christian faith. I love that, that picture of, you know, I imagine just even as you're saying that, I'm imagining, you know, somebody, one of the greats, I don't know, whoever you think is the, the greatest, because <laughs> that's, you know, a hot take. Yeah. So you're hooked for the goat, you know, and <laughs> I imagine that in the beginning, it was like, I can't step up to this free throw line and think and just hope I'm going to make it. But this confidence I have now after years and years of journeying and seeing it work out and also seeing it not work out, that's what gives me the confidence that when I step up to this line to do this, I have, like you're saying, this, this well of confidence. And I, I think, too, what struck me about what you were saying is in kind of this maybe cheaper, like shadow version of hope, it's all on, that's still all on me. Like I have to work up the hope. And then I have to be the one to rebuild it. And I have to, it still is centered on, it's within me. And I think what's different about having faith in Jesus is that he is sustaining it. This event that happened in history that has already happened is sustaining my hope. And it's coming from, it's not coming from within me to, to be able to work my hopes up but it's actually being sustained by something outside of me. And I think that that is so different too, to go to hope for something is not just like, I have to find it within myself to build up the strength, to believe in this and then to rebuild when it gets shattered. But it's really coming from something outside of me. That's kind of moving me forward. Like you said, in this, in this journey, in this story. Yep. I think so much freedom comes from realizing that we have the ability to access hope that is not dependent on ourselves. Like there's such freedom in that. Yeah. And risk too. Definitely. I for a certain, I don't know, for, for, I think for my own personality and wiring, I go, Ooh, dependence or this thing. I don't, I'm not in control of that. Right. That feels that is so freeing to your point. And in, sometimes we have to move through some risk, I think, to get to that point where it feels freeing and not totally scary and reckless. <laughs> totally. 
Yeah, it's like taking those baby steps and seeing like basically I think in some ways it's like putting God to the test. You know, like you try putting your hope and faith in him and see if he shows up. Yeah. Cause I guess in that too, it's like, well, what do you have to lose? You're, you're at the same point you're at now. Yeah. So a lot of the students who listen and who are a part of Canvas wouldn't consider themselves to be Christians or are on some journey, you know, exploring faith. What would you say to them, to somebody who, you know, has put their hope in a lot of different things in life, has probably experienced a lot of disappointment and is, you know, maybe listening to this thinking like, hmm, maybe I could try that. Yeah, I think the first place is, 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 I mean, I think if you're curious, then there's this piece of you that's maybe going, yeah, how I, I've been doing this isn't, isn't quite working out. Um, or I just don't want to keep arriving in this place where, you know, I keep putting my hope, I keep kind of shifting it, you know, in, in all of these different places, trying to find what sticks. And so I think it's brave to be honest in that evaluation and go, yeah, what, what I've been doing, it's not really working. And so I think that's a really brave place to start. And then I think I just point always to, to the person of Jesus. And so I would look at, I would look at his life and the parts of his life that, you know, then end. And then that he does this wild thing that he comes back to life. And how does that, I would just also then invite you to get curious about what does that mean for my hope? And what does it mean for, what does it say about who God is too? That, um, that he, that he keeps a promise. It's this sense of, of evidence. It's this proof um, that if I do believe that this really happened, that if, if Jesus was a, a person who came to live on earth and that he did die in this totally horrific way and, and that he was brought back to life, that's sort of reality shifting. And I think it communicates this piece of, of God that is comforting and that makes me feel like he's trustworthy which is he will keep this promise that he made, you know, and this is centuries ago that he's promised this rescue, this freedom. This is what we're talking about. Like, I want to feel free from this despair, from this continual just disappointment and feeling like, you know, I don't, I, I don't have this dream or vision for my future because my hope has just been broken so many times. And then we see that maybe there's a God who has the same dream for your life. And he's given you this, this proof that he'll do whatever he needs to. He'll do everything in his means to give you a path to that freedom. And I think that makes him trustworthy. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I would echo that and just saying that if you have been listening and, you, you know, your wheels are turning and you've resonated with something that Lindsay and I have talked about, I would encourage you to continue that curiosity wherever 
it takes you in exploring more about what we've talked about. So typically on an episode, Lynn, we close out with some questions. So are you ready? Ooh, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So first of all, finish this sentence. Community is? Connection. What is your favorite takeout or here we call it takeaway food? Oh my gosh, ramen. Ooh. I love it. There's this spicy chicken ramen from this place in Denver that we love. And I just, I dream about it. (laughs) Oh my, I'm coming back to Colorado just for that. Yes. (laughs) First to see you, of course, but secondly, ramen. (laughs) Um, What's something that you have binged recently and really enjoyed? Ooh, well, we just binged Man in the High Castle, which is, I think, on Amazon Prime. So it's total, it's a kind of a apocalyptic alternate reality from World War II. And yeah, totally fascinating and fun and drama-y. I'm gonna have to check that one out for <laughs> sure. And what's something that you've been grateful for recently? Yeah, I'm grateful. I think in this season that has been isolating and challenging and just full of transition. I've been really grateful for just steady, consistent friendship. So I've got lots of people in my life who I think care deeply for me. And I'm just thankful to have, um, yeah, that kind of community around me in, in what's been a pretty challenging time. Yep. That's a game changer for sure. All right. Last but not least, it's would you rather. Ooh, fun. Okay. (laughs) Would you rather go into the past and meet your ancestors or go into the future and meet your great, great grandchildren? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say, I think I would rather go into the past to meet my ancestors Maybe that's selfish because I'm like, I want to know a little bit more about where I came from. Going into the future wigs me out a little bit because I'm like, maybe there's some, I did some stuff that messed this up. And I got like, I don't know, crazy grandchildren or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I hear that. I definitely see the benefit to like going back. And I don't think it's selfish to want to know like more about where you came from. I think so much of that gives us a, a fuller picture of like how we see the world and what we know about ourselves. So, yeah. And I think I'm just more fascinated by, I don't know, a different period. Like I would love to just be a part of a world that was so different than mine. I'm more curious about that, about being in some time in the past than I would be to know what the future would look like. Yeah, definitely. All right, everyone, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Uni Life with Canvas Nottingham. If you haven't already, check us out on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Canvas Nottingham. If you have thoughts, questions, disagreements, whatever you think about this episode and you would like to share them, we host a podcast discussion every Monday afternoon at half 12 check out our social media. You can find the Zoom link there. We would love to see you. 
Linz, thank you so much for joining us. It has been such a good time chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. It has also been a blast. And Canvas students, I am thinking of you fondly and missing you and wishing you the best. Awesome. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.